following program is an original WWE podcast. Coming up on After the Bell, the Queen cometh. Charlotte Flair's here, plus the street profits from Monday Night Raw, and Paige sits in the electric seat. Plus, I'm going to tell you what drove me up a wall this week on WWE TV, and surprise, surprise, it wasn't Lana and Rusev. All that and much, much more, ATB starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. I promise you at this point, there is no blood left in my caffeine stream. I am running on empty. This is one of those crazy weeks where real life intersects with WWE life. I am attempting to move from one home that I never was at to a new home where I never will be. But such is life. Uh, I am here. See, you can count on me. And there is a ton to get to. Way too much to get to, but I promise I will do my best. But before we get there, ATB's New Year's extravaganza is coming up. Uh, I'm going to be opening the mailbag, letting the WWE Universe ask whatever it is that you guys want. Just uh, jump on Twitter or whatever social media you're using. Hashtag AskATB. Follow After the Bell WWE on social media. Um, and maybe you'll luck out and I will answer your question. Or maybe you'll be terribly disappointed. Either way, I'm okay with it. So much to get to, so let's not waste any more time. Got a bunch of guests, a totally stacked show. Uh, This coming Sunday is TLC, streaming live on the WWE Network, the final pay-per-view of 2019. This one seems like it came together out of nowhere. Feels like Survivor Series just happened, still trying to recover from that one. And I've seen some criticism on social media, uh, even internally. A lot of people talking about how this pay-per-view seems to kind of have a, I don't want to say a lack of build, but there aren't too many matches that have been announced. But that actually gives me optimism because I feel like this could be the sleeper hit of the year. Uh, Does anyone remember Stomping Grounds? I mean, I know we've done like 45 pay-per-views since then, but Stomping Grounds kind of had a similar feel to it where it didn't necessarily feel like the culmination of anything, more of a placeholder, but I thought it was a surprisingly, shockingly good pay-per-view. It wasn't really story-driven. It was just more match-driven, and I think we have the potential to have that sort of thing at TLC. Oh, and then you factor in tables, ladders, and chairs, and that never sucks. I'm excited to see what is on tap. I mean, we've got Roman Reigns versus King Corbin in a TLC match. I am stoked for this one. It's not going to disappoint. These two dudes are going to beat the holy hell out of one another. And I will be ringside watching and enjoying every second of it. Uh, Maybe the sleeper hit of the night, at least the potential for it, on a sleeper pay-per-view could be Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy. These two dudes have not had really the opportunity lately to show what they're truly capable of. It is my hope that TLC is that night. Obviously, anybody that's familiar with Alistair or Buddy know what they're capable of, but I think this truly could be a star-making night for both of those guys. There's a whole bunch else to get to, but the other thing that is on my mind, and I feel as though it could be the most important match of the night at TLC, Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, teaming with Charlotte Flair against the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the Kabuki Warriors. 
I'm going to tell you why I think this is the most important matchup of the night because if you listen regularly to After the Bell, I was critical, as bad as I hate using that word. I made my opinions known on Charlotte Flair in particular, and as I'm going to delve into here momentarily, I think it's bigger than just Charlotte Flair, what my opinion was last week, and that was that Charlotte hasn't felt necessarily as important as I'm used to, as we're used to. And I got a lot of feedback on Twitter regarding that statement, some positive, some negative, but there were a lot of valid points made. People would say, well, what about Asuka? What about this person? What about that person? And I don't disagree with you. I think after 2018 into 2019, obviously the women headlined WrestleMania, I think it can be argued was the biggest year in WWE history as far as women's wrestling the women's evolution, whatever you want to refer to it as, it was a big year. The women were getting the opportunity to showcase what they could do, and each and every time an opportunity was provided, without fail, they knocked it out of the park. I don't know what the reasoning is, but Raw, SmackDown, everywhere except NXT, NXT's women's division to me is still on fire. But on Raw and SmackDown, this has nothing to do with the ability of the women. We have the most talented group of women on the planet Earth. This is not a negative against their abilities or their desire to do so. I don't know what the fix is, but looking up and down the roster, as I mentioned before, Asuka, remember when she dominated NXT? Remember when she arrived in WWE and won the Royal Rumble match, went to WrestleMania against Charlotte Flair, had one of my favorite matches of that entire year? Yes, she's the WWE Women's Tag Team Champion right now with Kyrie Sane, but remember when Asuka used to just kick everybody's ass? Now she can't win a match without the dreaded poison mist? I don't know. And looking elsewhere on the roster, uh, I mean, you've got Liv Morgan, who as of this past Monday apparently is finally coming back. I think Liv is a star waiting to be born. Ruby Riot hopefully comes back from injury soon. I'm sure I'm missing a whole ton of names. Uh, of course, I'm partial, but when's the last time Carmella did anything of substance on television? She's a former SmackDown Women's Champion. Bailey, in this new iteration of herself, again, nothing against the talent, but it, it doesn't feel important. You had one of the hottest stars in the business from NXT and into the translation onto to Raw and SmackDown, and now it's bad when the SmackDown Women's Champion doesn't feel like a focus of the show. And again, I have to reiterate, because people take things out of context and they take sound bites, this is not a knock on any of the women our women are insanely talented. I don't know if it takes another hashtag. I mean, that's what started the, the women's evolution. Give divas a chance. How about giving the, the, the women's champions that, that are all through the roster, give them the opportunity to be the spotlight. That's why I think this matchup at TLC is so important. Not only because the women's tag titles are on the line, but because this could truly be an eye-opener for everyone in the WWE Universe to go, oh my God, we forgot how awesome Becky Lynch is. We forgot how awesome Charlotte Flair is. We never really knew how awesome Kyrie Sane could be or, or Asuka. This could really remind everyone just how deep and talented our women's roster is and that, hey, maybe we should pay some attention to them again. Rant over. <laughs> The 
This past Monday, I was supposed to be moving, but uh, my movers canceled on me, which is a thing that happens in 2019. So I was lucky enough to sit in my empty condo and watch Monday Night Raw from start to finish. Kicked off the show with the public divorce of Rusev, Lashley, and Lana. There is nothing I can say that will do this justice. If you haven't seen it, track it down online. It was as close to an episode of Jerry Springer as anything WWE has ever actually done, in my opinion. The only thing that was missing was Steve Wilkos and somebody's wig falling off. I don't, I don't want to say I liked it, but I couldn't look away. And I don't know if that's what everyone was going for, but that's what it achieved. It was something. Elsewhere in the show, uh, Seth Rollins revealed to be the puppet master, so to speak, behind the AOP. I love everything about this. This is the best Seth Rollins. This is the Seth Rollins that the WWE Universe deserves. My favorite. I used to love when Seth had J&J security for entertainment value. Now Seth has two bona fide, legitimate ass kickers at his side. Razor and Akum have a big future And under the tutelage of the architect, I think this could be a really, really fun development on Monday Night Raw. I'm excited to see where it goes. The whole issue with KO, the stomp backstage just looked nasty. It's hard after all the wrestling I've watched to make me cringe, and that made my skin crawl a little bit. You had AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship, and a lot of people are buzzing because it went off the air seemingly in the middle of the ring announcement. I don't know what was going on in that particular moment, but I kind of dug it. I wouldn't be mad if something like that happened a little bit more frequently rather than having everything buttoned up at 10.59 Eastern Standard Time. Maybe have it carry over. I'm not talking to do it like WCW did where you do it on a pay-per-view and everyone misses the end of the pay-per-view, but I like a little bit of a cliffhanger. I like mystery. I like not knowing what went down. I think it's kind of cool. It gives an air of legitimacy. So that's my optimistic spin on things. That's just me being a corporate guy, a shill like I truly am. That's what I do. My guests right now are former NXT Tag Team Champions. You can see them now doing their thing on Monday at Night Raw. The Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins. Yo, what up, though? And Montez Ford. What it do, baby? What's going on, guys? How you feeling? Great, man. How about yourself? Oh, you know, caffeine-fueled brutality, trying to stay awake through the day. Uh, You guys had a busy night this week on Monday Night Raw. I want to uh, compliment you first on the the effort with the Viking Raiders. Fun little match, but the after the weekend update, is that what you guys were calling it? Yeah, Monday Monday after the weekend update. Okay. Uh, how did that come to be? That was the first time I've seen you guys do it. It was uh, highly entertaining. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a lot of fun, man. It was kind of like one of those, you know, they pretty much throw ideas out and they just want to try something new. And so pretty much uh, we were fortunate enough to be like two guys that they wanted to try this whole new segment on. So we pretty much went in and uh, just went straight up all the way to the wall with it. And ho- I mean, hopefully, you know, it came out you know, pleasing well, but it's one of the first things we tried differently since we've been here. You know, we did the backstage segments, and then this was something a little bit different. So it's cool that they trusted us with that type of element, you know. That was definitely fun to watch. It was definitely different. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, so, I mean, as the WWE Universe is still kind of getting to know you guys, you've been showing up on Raw for the past few months, and obviously the NXT faithful, very familiar with what you guys do and who you are. But to those maybe less initiated – 
I want to delve uh, into the background a little bit. I'm going to start with you, Angelo. Uh, I actually remember when you first oh, yeah. got signed to what was FCW, Florida Championship Wrestling, which mm. was like a million years ago. And uh, I was I was thinking yep. about this on the drive-in today, about the, the first time uh, anybody in the WWE world encountered Angelo Dawkins was uh, Picture Day, which we used to have to do every so often <laughs> to uh, update our looks as nobody seemed to look the same for more than about two months at a time. And Angelo, you showed up uh, in basketball shorts, not looking too particularly motivated. And I'll be perfectly honest, yeah. everyone kind of went, what the hell is this guy doing here? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Yeah, that is very true. You know, it was funny. Uh, Byron Saxton brought that up yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday. I just started maybe, what, a week or two before didn't have any wrestling gear and they were just like hey you got to go here to go take pictures and all i have is basketball shorts and so i remember you and a couple other guys just looking at me like yo what is this doing <laughs> like why why and i was like first off how is he here why is he here and my man showed up in basketball shorts and i think like there was a couple guys that offered their gear to me or like offered trunks to me I just didn't feel, I was like, man, I don't even know if I could fit them. So I was like, I'm going to just go ahead and stay in my basketball shirt until I get, like, gear <laughs> <here> for me. <laughs> and I remember uh, it was it was one of those things where, like, they ended up putting it in the program and everything. And I remember, I, like, a bunch of the guys were, like, giving me lectures about it, yelling at me over it. Which I probably deserved it. <laughs> and uh, it was just. It was a very interesting time, which, but I will say this, it's very funny now, like my very first wrestling pictures were in basketball shorts, and ironically, now, I wrestle in basketball shorts. Right, it's funny how it all came full circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, walk me back through this a little bit. How, uh, how did you arrive in then FCW? How did Angelo Dawkins end up in the WWE system? So, uh, I got recruited at national duels uh, while I was in college, a wrestling tournament. Uh, Jerry Briscoe was there. And so basically getting ready to wrestle. My wrestling coaches were telling me, hey, Jerry Briscoe's here. He wants to talk to you. He's Vince's right-hand man. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, I didn't really know too much about wrestling before I got here. So I'm like, I knew who Vince McMahon was. I didn't know who Jerry Briscoe was at the time. So, like, they were telling me that. And I was like, yeah, okay, because my coaches have a history of joking with people. So, I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. I just shrugged it off. <laughs> and so, like, I got done wrestling next to you. know, get done with my match. Here comes Jerry Briscoe over. Hey, I'm Jerry Briscoe. I want to talk to you about coming to the WWE. We talked for a minute. He ended up getting me a tryout later that year. And I ended up having to try out and then ended up at FCW. <laughs> contrary, contrary to what uh, my memory says, you did not, in fact, go to Ohio State University. Is that accurate? That is very <laughs> accurate. I just had a, a lot of Ohio State gear. <laughs> I, I was telling the story to one of my producers earlier about how back in the NXT days when I was doing commentary and I think you were just doing a kind of an enhancement match. And I was just looking for something to talk about, and I had just assumed because you always had Ohio State gear on that that's where you had all of your uh, athletic excellence. 
So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, well, Montez, you had a uh, very different path from Dawkins to arrive in WWE, as you are a United States Marine. Tell me a little bit about your path. So I did the Marines from 2008-2012, straight out of high school. And then when I uh, came to the terms of whether I'm going to re-enlist in the military or not, actually ended up doing contracting for the military. So contracting for the military is just you're, uh, you're not active, but you're pretty much still doing the contracting end of it, just the civilian part of it. So I did that for about a year. And uh, at the time, WWE, I don't know if they still have it, but they had like the portion on the website where you can go to WWE Recruit and you can send in all your pictures and videos. And I remember I sent in, sent in the pictures and videos and uh, I didn't hear anything for like maybe a few months. And then eventually they emailed me back and said, I have a tryout. So I'm like, oh, damn, here we go. So I went to the, my first trial in 2013. I remember in my tryout was... Uh, from people that's active now, it was uh, Steve Cutler. I know Lars was also in the trial as well. And the guy who else was actually uh, uh, Ivar from the Viking Raiders was actually in my first trial as well. So I did the first trial in 2013, and uh, basically I got the you know the the note back saying like you speak very well, but you need to put on some weight. So I took the put on some weight part very, very intense and very to heart. So because the next time they saw me when I had the second tryout, which was about, dang dogs, was about like maybe a year, less than a year later, I had put on like 45 pounds and wow. pretty much, yeah, I put on like 45 pounds. And uh, remember that's from that point on, that's when I got signed from the second initial trial. But that whole process itself there was about, uh, just for me trying out the first time to get signed, that was probably at least uh, almost two, two and a half years, you know. So, so you, were, you, were always a, you were always a wrestling fan or WWE fan? I've always watched my entire life and um, always been a fan, but actually, like now doing it, I, I didn't have any indie experience. I didn't, ha- I didn't, you know, me and Docs never both like worked on independent scene. So, like, like no experience in there, but it's, it's just one of the things where you watch it your whole life, but to actually do it is two completely separate things. So that's kind of like one of the things we're still to this day learning about is just like, it's completely different from watching it and, you know, growing up, idolizing it, being a fan and actually doing craft and art itself. So, but yeah, man, that's, that's the journey of how I got here, man. So, so while you're making your journey, just trying to break in the doors of WWE, Dawkins, you're constantly trying new things, evolving, trying different character ideas and improving. And at what point did you and Montez realize there might be something there as a p- potential tag team? Uh, well, I'm not, I, I mean, I mean, we were boys from the start. Like when we, when I first yeah. got to the PC, and my second trial, the one they actually hired me off of, they brought me to an acting class in which Dawkins was in the acting class. <clears throat> so I got brought upstairs with, I think it was like, was it like six of us dogs? Maybe like six of us they was thinking about hiring? Yeah, it was like and, five uh, or six, I think. Yeah, it was like five or six. And I remember that day, I thought that uh, promos were going to be in the evening. So normally I'll show up with a suit everywhere. Like you, like dogs. No, I show up everywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna stop you for one. I'm gonna stop you for one second because I will go on the record 
that Montez Ford is, in fact, the one man I will readily admit dresses better than me at all times in WWE. Continue. <laughs> what? Oh, God. <laughs> but so, so that, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That's, 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 I mean, that's, that's a lot coming from Mr. Graves now, man. Like, come on now. Dad, Graves, you ain't never said that about me, bro. Yeah, man. That's because that's, you that's, always that's, wear basketball yeah. shorts. They're the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but it was like five or six of us in that room, so I wore my, my, my ring gear to pretty much what was going to be the promo class. I'm like, oh, damn, man. Like, I ain't got no suit on, man. And eventually, it took us upstairs to the acting class, and I actually had on gym clothes, gym shorts, and some moccasins. So you had on your Angelo Dawkins costume. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember sitting up there, and they was going like, hey, dogs, like, that's that's perfect fit for y'all. He wearing moccasins, too. He's like, yeah. I see it. <laughs> so, but, but I know, yeah, I remember from that point, like, got signed and, like, you know, we, we, we like, kicked it from the jump. And then, like, uh, eventually, like, pretty much, like, what was it, about a year and a half in, uh, Dogs had a match with No Way Jose, and I had a singles match with Cutler. And I remember immediately after that, they had a bunch of the producers come up and say, hey, they want to put you two guys together. And we was like, oh, <laughs> That's easy. Like, I, I know this dude. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, you're yeah. kind of fortunate to get put with somebody that you actually kind of, like, know, you know? And, Dawkins, you were in NXT for what feels like forever. I mean, I think at one point you were the longest-tenured NXT superstar uh, in, in the system at the time. What did it mean to you to finally have Montez show up and click and really kind of take your career to the next level? Oh, I meant a lot. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, said been around been there forever so like keep finding like new different characters that would kind of like keep me in the fold like a little bit but not like take me to the next level where i wanted to go and like as a singles competitor and even as a tag competitor at the time i also had another tag partner but that didn't end up working out so then like i just kept like looking for things that could stick, looking for things that could stick. And then finally, me and Montez ended up as a tag. We haven't looked back since. <laughs> no plan on to, you know. Docs, you're you're a, a true testament of, you know, keeping your head down, keep grinding, and eventually good things will come your way. Uh, Tez, so I, I think it's pretty common public knowledge that your uh, wife is also an NXT superstar, Bianca Belair. What is uh yeah, what's life wait. look like what's life look like now that you're on Monday Night Raw and she's doing uh, NXT on Wednesdays? Just the communication is going increasingly up, you know, cuz like when you're on the road and you guys already know about it. The more they know, the more uh we're in tune with them and letting letting them know what's going on, it makes everything easier. So that's that's pretty much like the only change in pace between us right now. But even when uh we get back from Raw, I still go to like the tapings and you know, we just got off the, what was it, the two-week tour in Germany, too. So it's just whatever you get that time home, you just want to, like, make use of, like, every minute of it, you know. But that's that's pretty much it, though, man. She's doing good. Well, I, I hope you both have the best of luck and at some point in the future reproduce because, good God, with the kind of athletes you both are, I think those children are going to come out looking like Bobby Lashley. Freak athletes. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys, what's what's on the horizon for Street Profits? Obviously, you guys are, are you know still relatively new, finding your footing on Monday Night Raw. You guys have had some really cool experiences. What uh, what are you looking forward to most? Uh, you coming, champ. You said you said coming, coming raw tag. 
No, no, no. That's when we celebrate after being chants. Oh, oh, I thought you said gummy bears. My bad. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> I said being covered raw tag team champs. I was like, where you get gummy bears from, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, I forgot. That's the celebration part, man. Yeah. My, I got a little bit too ahead of myself. That's what it was. <laughs> One of the main things we always talk about, like, on the road is, like, we just want to make sure, like, anything that's, like, been, like, any opportunity that's been given to us, we just want to, like, let the world know and let, you know, WWE know that we can pretty much, you know, anything that has been handed to us, we're going to just turn into whatever, something spectacular and just be trusted in any situation. That's pretty much like our main thing, you know, just being able to adapt to pretty much any situation and just entertain the masses, man. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now. We're just trying to be like, you know, a positive spark, whether it's laughter, uh, joy, entertainment, whatever. That's just what we're trying to be right now, that positive vibe. Well, I can tell you firsthand, you guys are succeeding in a big way with the entertainment factor, no doubt about it. Uh, so it's obviously a, a bit of a transition coming from the NXT world to Monday Night Raw. Um, has there been any hiccups or anybody along the way that's sort of stood out, to, that's given you advice or really helped you out more than others? Yeah. Tyler Breeze, Booker T. Woods, yeah, Booker T, Seth, Seth Rollins. Uh, pretty much everybody's been invited. Randy Orton, AJ. Yeah. Uh, Art Truth, Mark Henry, uh, Corey Graves. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm giving you advice on what not to do. <laughs> you know, it's it just that's that's the main. That's, I think that's the good thing that's been helping us too with the uh, transition. I mean, we grew up and we always hear like the horror stories of how like some people are secluded and it's like cutthroat and all this stuff but we we haven't experienced that like the 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 overwhelming of like like helping us out and like giving us advice is just like I, you know like maybe those just are like stories you know yeah i think like what helps out the most is like pretty much everybody that's up like this on raw and smackdown at one point was at nxt pretty right. much so like it's like we already have a relationship with pretty much everybody up here on the on this like each roster so yeah i think that makes a lot of difference compared to the the horror stories and i've heard all the same things about it being really cutthroat and having to watch your own back at all times but i think to that exact point nxt's really kind of changed that where it's sort of more of a team mentality and we all come up together and we've all struggled together we've all had picture day together and uh you know, it's it's more like a like a minor league baseball team sort of scenario. You get called up to the show and and back and forth, and I feel like that really kind of has has build helped build and change the business for the better. So I definitely think that's cool, and it's, it's cool that you guys are experiencing that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, and like I like I said, we we got like we got great people around, man, including you, man. Like you, too. like you, you know, man. Don't don't yourself out, man. Shoot, you got doggone. Hey, man. I got an image yeah, to protect here. I'm going right to make now. sure my my editors right my editors got to chop all this positive stuff out, man. I got to be negative graves all no, the time. I'm man. trying to protect no, my we, image. We're going to say all po- um, we gonna, we gonna positive stuff right now. Are y'all, right are now. y'all going negative, negative graves? <laughs> <laughs> y'all going negative graves? Hey, yo, go ahead and tell them some street some uh. What was the street team stories, bro? Street team, man. Oh my God, Tez! If there's something that you are lucky that you never had to live through, Dawkins and I know it all too well. Yeah. Anybody who was around an FCW, driving oh. around small towns all across Florida in 100 degree weather, hanging posters with your own faces on it, trying to get somebody to come watch you wrestle. 
But just y'all, y'all, y'all diligence, y'all experience is the reason why we're doing what we're doing on Monday Night Raw, and the reason why right now we are on your show right now, your show, man. So that street team has paid off, man. I admire your optimism, man. Forget New Day and all their po- power of positivity. This is the real power of positivity. Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. I said it. Yeah, you already know, fam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out, shout out to New Day, by the way, too, man. Hope, hope was, he gets well. He gets better. Shout out to New Day, too, man. Those, those, those some of the guys, too, that like, always like, you know, said something and gave advice and you know, helped us out, too, man. So shout out to New Day, man. Right on, oh, yeah. I appreciate you guys hanging out for a little while. Go enjoy your day off. God knows we don't get too many of them. So, uh, Tez, get some time with the lady and the fam. And Dawkins, go enjoy your gummy bears, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, you already know, fam. Hey, you, you there on Sunday, right? I'll be there. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see you. We'll see you. We'll get some photos, too, man. You know, oh. you know, we like taking photos with people that look better than us, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this thing, man. You know? I promise to be. Hey, man, we're going to be the three. We're going to be the three best dressed dudes up in there. Y'all two in suits and me in sweatpants and house shoes. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. I'll take you up on it. I'll see you guys Sunday at TLC. Be safe until then. All right. Thanks. All right, family soup. My next guest is the youngest ever WWE Divas champion and the first ever NXT Women's Champion. You can now find her Tuesday nights. Tuesdays on FS1 on WWE Backstage. Ms. Page, how are you, my dear? I'm so wonderful. How are you? I appreciate you waking up bright and early over on the left coast to call in and chat with me. You are so welcome. You are so welcome. We have a lot to to catch up on. I don't see you nearly as much anymore because you're doing your I just don't come to work. Well, that's... Hey, I admire that. I admire that very much. (laughs) I uh, have often considered it, but I don't feel like I would... Uh, it would benefit me in the long term. Yeah. Uh, but but even though you're not on WWE TV quite as much these days on Raw or SmackDown, you are still quite busy. Um, you, much like myself, had uh, some unfortunate luck with injuries and kind of were thrust into this new role. How's the broadcasting end of things treating you? I really enjoy it. Honestly, I love working with Renee Young anyway. I think she's the most amazing human Ever, especially Don't tell her, I agree. apart from yourself, obviously. <laughs> um, and then you know, it's always fun working with Booker, even though he talks a lot. Can we cuss on here? Sure, we got censors. Yeah, he talks a ton, dude. It's like <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to fight for some air time when it comes to Booker. And then obviously, like, we're super excited because Punk just came back, dude. I had no idea. Like, Fox kept that all a secret from us, apart from Renee. So, like, right at the end, she's just like, oh, we're full of surprises. And I'm like, what the hell is she talking about? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Punk's music hit, and then he walks out. And I was just like, dude, there's a reason why we have, like, a cuss jar. I'm about to fill this sh- up right now. Like, this is insane. I'm such a mock there. It's whatever. <laughs> so, so what's it like uh, on, a, on a day-to-day basis on, on Tuesday for you? I mean, what's that day look like? I know how WWE operates, but I imagine yeah. Fox is quite different. Oh, man, I feel so corporate when I'm there. Like I'm like, damn, suit and tie. No, uh, so yeah, I, I just turn up and then we have a production meeting to go over the show. We brainstorm some ideas. The really good thing about Fox is that the cast that's actually on, like on the show, we can pitch ideas for the show too. And a lot of the time they use them, which is wonderful. So, uh, yeah, we have the production meeting and then we rehearse some stuff. And then there's one or two things we might have to pre-tape. 
just in case, like the celebrity that we have on the show has like a busy schedule or whatever. But yeah, like it's very quick. It's very easy. It's like 4.45 and then I'm done by nine and I get to go home. It's wonderful. Lucky you. That must be I, must be a good feeling. You get to sleep in your own bed at night. That's insane. I know. It's great. I love it. And you know what? They always have coffee on standby for me. <laughs> it's nice being treated so wonderfully. Well, I know how much I enjoy being able to have sort of the freedom to kind of break the rules or, or blur yeah. the lines, so to speak, here on, on After the Bell. How much do you enjoy the freedom that you have on FS1? Honestly, I wish I got to have more because like sometimes, you know, you get a little bit pulled back. But obviously with Punk on the show now, since he's working under contract with Fox and not WWE, he can voice a lot more opinion. But I would I would love to go in even a little bit more. Like I love to talk crap, honestly. And you know what? I feel like the crap that I talk is uh, what the people say anyway. So it feels good, but I wish I got to I got to do it more. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep mm-hmm. rattling the bars on the cage and see what you can get away with. It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Oh, absolutely. I say <laughs> that all the time. I'm like, whatever. I was like, I, I got high because I speak my mind anyway. You know what I'm like. <laughs> you know all about it, all about it. Uh, so beyond WWE backstage on FS1, you are uh, quite the busy lady these days. Seems like you've got your hands in about a million different projects. What else is Paige up to? Well, I do have a project, but I have to keep it under wraps right now, but I'm super excited. So in the new year, you'll be able to see what's going on with that. But uh, yeah, just doing a lot of the makeup and clothing line and all that kind of stuff, which is super fun. And then obviously I have just the most wonderful boyfriend ever. have to name drop him. He's so wonderful. I agree. Tell Ronnie I said hello. (laughs) I will. He loves you. He thinks you're great, by the way. Yeah, we have so much going on right now, and it's really cool. But I do have this massive project, but I just I can't let you guys know yet. It's well, a that's secret. a good tease. We'll have to keep uh, keep our eyes peeled onto what you're up to next. I'm right. Yeah, I deserve this. I've been a pain in the, the last couple of years. <laughs> Not you. Never. No, no. Obviously, with WWE backstage, you kind of have to keep your eye on uh, what's going on within WWE, NXT, Raw, SmackDown. Who's caught your eye lately? What are you most impressed by? What are you into? Dude, I love Rhea Ripley. I think she's great. I think she's the full package. Just everything about her promo, her wrestling, even her her wrestling gear, like everything about her. I'm just like, I think she's great. I think she's absolutely wonderful. And she's like super young too, right? She's, I was just she reminds me of like that. me. She's like 22 or someone like that. Like I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Way better than I was at 22. Actually, that's a lie. I was the Divas champion. I'll take I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> but I love her. I think she's great. Yeah, I, I talk about it on here all the time, how the NXT's women's division right now is on fire. Yeah. So th- sort of the recurring theme I've had on this particular episode of the show is the counterpoint on Raw and SmackDown. Um, I've been, I don't want to say critical, but I feel like after all the hard work that the women have done over the last few years to really put it into the spotlight, Raw and SmackDown is sort of underwhelming to me as far as the women's work has been done. And that's not due to any lack of effort on their part. Just kind of the whole circumstance seems a little bit, I don't know, less than? Oh, don't even get me started with that, dude. No, I no, I'm getting you started. That's what you're here for. That's, that's, that is why, like, like, I don't understand why we don't have another girl's pay-per-view. We had that one-off deal. Like, what the hell is that about? Evolution, give us right. one every year. What the f-? Like, that's the whole purpose. We had a woman's evolution for a reason. I was like, and you know what? 
that let's stop talking about the women's evolution and actually just let the women do whatever they want. And I just feel like a lot of the girls are being held back. I love the four horsewomen. Do not get me wrong. I love Sasha. I love Charlotte. I love Bailey. I love Becky. I love them all. But there's a lot of women that should be given an opportunity. Like, I'm excited for Liv to come back. Like, I'm like, damn, yes, some fresh faces. I love seeing Natty. I love seeing Lacey. You know, I love it. I love it all. So, like, as much as I love those four, I was like, there is other women in the company. And sometimes all it takes is just one opportunity to knock it out of the park. And I, and I think exactly it's it's weird in that the depth of the women's division is almost forgotten. And because you just said you just rifled off a whole bunch of names. I mean, you've got everyone from the Riot Squad. Uh, you know, Sarah Logan's still around. Ruby, hopefully, will be back from injury sometime soon. There is no shortage of talent. And every one of these yep. women will relish the opportunity to, to really, you know, step up their game and, and grab the brass ring, so to speak. Exactly. But, uh, I can't help but as I, I sit at home and watch Raw on Mondays and even Friday night on SmackDown, it just feels like some of the steam that was built has kind of definitely yeah. faded. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I prefer, I, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm SmackDown through and through. I do love SmackDown. Like, I always have my heart. But I enjoy watching the NXT women's division more so now. Honestly, I completely agree. I mean, I, Shayna Baszler is one yeah. of my favorites to watch, as you mentioned, Rhea, Dakota Kai. I mean, all these girls just constantly stepping up and, and just showing what everybody's capable of. Exactly. And I just yeah. kind of would love that same opportunity for the women who sort of laid the groundwork to begin with again. Yeah. And I, I don't know whether it's because like it's not the girls' fault. Oh, absolutely like, not. Yeah, you're absolutely no, it's right. It's nothing to do with the girls. Like they're trying their hardest on Raw and SmackDown. It's just I feel like whatever's going on, it's not helping them out in any way, shape, or form. It's just not as exciting to me anymore. I could not agree any more with you. I've spent yeah. a lot of words expressing the same exact sentiment. <laughs> I I had I had. Well, I did. I was trying to figure out what happened with the Charlotte thing. I love Charlotte. I think she's I. She was like literally one of my favorite female wrestlers like i love watching her but yeah like i, I feel like you said she kind of lost her steam a little bit is that what you said yeah something to that effect where she just yeah. does, doesn't feel like charlotte flair i feel like of all the women that really created this women's evolution yeah you can't just pick one that stands out but charlotte flair just seems so much larger than life to me oh she's a star anyway like you can just see she oozes like the, that stardom like everything she does is just like she walks into a room and you just instantly know she's somebody you know she's the one that you really like really stands out on our roster and yeah i agree i feel like there's something that's missing right now and i can't put my finger on it i can't either but i hope we find it sooner than later me too because I, I love her i think she's amazing and I'm actually going to have uh, Charlotte Flair on this here show later today. So, uh, oh, yay. I, I'm going to put her on the spot I, a little I, bit. I will definitely do that. All right. Enough of this business. I have this segment here on this here podcast that I like to refer to as the electric seat. We will put one minute on a clock. I don't know where the clock is, but it exists somewhere. Uh, and I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, and you need to answer them as truthfully and quickly as possible. There okay. are no wrong answers. If you win, you get nothing. And Wonderful. the news is you can't lose. Okay, great. This is a lose-lose situation for me. That's right. All right, let's do this. <laughs> All right, one minute on the clock. Paige, you are in the electric seat, and go. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Hidden talent? Oh, Oh, I don't even know what my hidden talent is. 
idea. I don't even know, dude. Biggest fear? Um, people dressed in costumes. <laughs> the first concert you ever went to? Billy Talent. <laughs> Ch- childhood celebrity crush? Oh, Keanu Reeves. All-time favorite television show? Friends. Come on. Guiltiest pleasure? Oh, oh, I don't, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I don't even know. There are so many. (laughs) Oh, next one, I don't know, I don't know. All right, childhood nickname? Um, Butchin. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing you grab when you wake up in the morning? Uh, my boyfriend. (laughs) Favorite movie you've seen all year? Um, The Joker. And time. I still haven't seen Joker. I need to get on Dude, that. Oh my god. It's one of the best movies ever. I'm it's, suffering it's, from that, you know, within the WWE world, lack of free time. Oh yeah. You yeah, beat you the no system. You won. But you know what? Just 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 get injured or something and then have some time off. <laughs> I already did that. Oh well you already broken, so just just say you're sick or something. <laughs> I can't get injured enough to not do commentary unless someone breaks my jaw or something. So that's hey. that's cool. Lose your voice. No, actually, there we go. even even then. I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> right. Well if you, you come up with anything, shoot me a text. Rent it, go home, the two hours that you're home, watch it, and then get on a plane. I will do my best to do exactly that. Okay. Thank you, Paige, for uh hanging out. Where can everybody find your Soraya store, etc.? Uh, com. <laughs> Beautiful. Easy enough, yeah. And obviously uh, on social media, you can be found at... RealPageWWE on Instagram and on Twitter. No Facebook. No Facebook. That's just no. the, the, the That's page That's WWE, you Ryan. I don't run that. I don't oh, I was going to admit to the fake page, Facebook page that I run. Ah, uh, okay. That's all you. I knew yeah, it's, it. It's a little creepy, but, you know, it passes the time. Yeah, it seems like something you would do. <laughs> Gee, thanks. All right, Paige, have a good one. Uh, We will see you on WWE Backstage, and I'll see you sometime soon. All right, see you later, dude. All right, goodbye forever. All right, bye forever. The march toward TLC continued Friday on SmackDown, on Fox. Uh, I'm a big fan of what The Miz offered. Uh, I've, I've not really had a great time buying him as a hero in the past, but this interaction with Bray Wyatt really, really showed why Miz is a star and has been a star for so long. I'm really into seeing Bray Wyatt outside of the confines of the Firefly Funhouse. This is cool. It adds a whole new layer of depth to Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. Uh, As I've said in the past, I think less Fiend is not necessarily a bad thing. It makes it more special when you see it. And uh, by the way, Bray Wyatt was pretty freaking successful in his own right in the past. More of this, please. I'm excited to see how this shakes out this Friday as we head into TLC. I mentioned at the top of the show something that absolutely drove me up a wall. And I wasn't talking about the Rusev divorce on Monday. I'm talking about what went down on SmackDown with something that was equally as uncomfortable, probably even more so, that being Elias spanking Drake Maverick in the center of a WWE ring. I don't know what I can say about this uh, other than it made my skin crawl and not in a good way, not in a fun way. It was just bad. I love Drake Maverick. I've known Drake for a decade. He's a great friend. He's a highly entertaining superstar. I think we've only scratched the tip of the iceberg with what Drake's capable of. 
Uh, and Elias, man, I, I've come around a big time on Elias as a as an on-screen character. The guy's good. There's a lot of money to be made with Elias, in my opinion. But it's not as a hero. People don't like Elias. People don't want to like Elias. People enjoy booing Elias. We tried this experiment once in the past, and it was met with lukewarm reactions at best. Elias is a fun guy to hate. And you need those people in WWE. They're very, very valuable. I'm all about what Elias is doing, unless it involves spanking Drake Maverick in the center of the ring. Uh, The night ended with, in my opinion, what was a really, really cool visual uh, with Corbin and Dolph. Actually, let me back up. The match between Dolph Ziggler and Roman Reigns was awesome. It just furthers my point that when just about any two superstars in WWE are provided time to do what they do better than anyone in the world, it rarely disappoints. Roman and Dolph was an awesome match. And the aftermath saw Roman get handcuffed to the ring post and doused in dog food. I was right there just several feet away. I promise you it was dog food. It smelled terrible. I felt bad for Roman Reigns. And it might have been a, a bit of a cheap tactic on the parts of King Corbin in his court. But the visual that we went off the air with, with Roman Reigns handcuffed to the post, completely saturated with disgusting dog food. This is going to be a really weird comparison, and you're going to say that I'm wrong, but it gave me the same vibe as like John Wick. When you see John Wick beaten and battered and bloodied in the rain, face down, just knowing He's going to come back and kick somebody's ass. I think that's what I took out of it. I hope that's what a lot more people took out of it. Uh, I am genuinely excited for Roman Reigns and King Corbin at TLC. Don't miss it. Oh, and by the way, I saw the little file floating around on the internet of Kofi Kingston once again hitting me in the face with a pancake while I was trying to do commentary. It's unprofessional, Kofi. This war is going beyond podcasts. I'm not going to take this lying down, or maybe I will. Maybe I'm just whining because I'm not going to do anything about it. Either way, stop it. G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. My guest is the 10-time WWE Women's Champion, the Queen, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte, how are you? I'm good, Graves. How are you? Oh, you know, every day above ground. Talking to you on the phone with your podcast, it's crazy because we started at FCW together. I I, I know I've told the story, but now this is probably a bigger platform, and you can go ahead and be honest. (laughs) I was extremely mean to you when you first arrived. You were, but hey, that awkward handshake, definitely. (laughs) It still lives on. It still lived on. Do we hug? Do we not? Do we handshake? How do we do this? Then we like bump into each other awkwardly. It was, was whatever the most uncomfortable (laughs) handshake, full body hug you can envision in your mind, that is exactly what it was. Yes. Oh, God. Oh. Cringe. Such is life. You live and learn, right? Yes, exactly. 
Well, I was lucky to be able to have my producers land you for this week as you were quite the hot topic of conversation here on After the Bell last week. You seem to have understood my point, so much so that you backed me up on Twitter. So so I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that worked out well. Social media. Uh, people yeah. just want to take people want to take things out of context and stir the pot. Like I knew exactly what you meant. Like if anyone knows, it would be you sitting ringside week after week. The one thing that you weren't saying was saying that I was phoning it in. I had to back you up. Sure. I- it was it was me knowing you as a friend and just realizing that, you know, not just you. You just happened to be the, the example that was on the tip of my tongue that day. Uh, and I have actually delved into it a lot deeper on this particular episode. Uh, a lot of the feedback I got was that it's not just Charlotte that feels that way. And, and I agree. I From my perspective, watching as a commentator and as a fan, it seems like the women's division as a whole, due to no fault of their own, not lack of talent, not lack of desire, but the women's division seems like it's definitely cooled off recently. And that's on Raw, that's on SmackDown, and and I don't know how that gets fixed or, or what the problem is, so to speak. But, I mean, you had yourself. You had Becky, who was arguably the biggest star in the business a few months ago. Um, and you've got all these other women, Asuka. I mean, you, you and Asuka tore the house down at WrestleMania a few years ago. And now everything just seems like it's taken a step back. Do, do you feel that at all, or do you disagree? Let me speak from how like I feel about please, the current please. situation in terms of my performance I feel like the queen is held to such a different standard I agree that's a mixed blessing so it's like unless I'm not out there doing above extraordinary or having the greatest match ever it's like what's happening now that I'm walking into TLC in a tag match I go back and I I was thinking about my last year after that TLC match and I go I found a new gear walking into that triple threat last year. Then there was Royal Rumble and the storytelling at the end of it with Nia and Becky. And then I made Invented Mania. And then I arguably retired the greatest WWE superstar Trish for the women's division we've had. It's like I had all those moments last year. Like I felt those moments like Survivor Series with Ronda. Like I go back and I'm like, that is the most legit thing I have ever seen. Like, how did I fall off? But I think it's just that the bar is set so high. Maybe this just doesn't feel like that gear. Sure. Like, you're almost almost like a victim of your own success. There's only so much you can well, do. Well, I never looked at it. Yes, a victim of your own success. But I looked at it the victim of the one thing about me and my character is I'm consistent. And I'm never injured. Does not being injured also hurt me? I don't know. But it's like my character is consistent. So I don't, it's just, instead of getting angry or frustrated, I have to look at myself too and go, well, wait, this is just the story right now. Not everything can be main event. Sure, and I that, think that's what, that's the gear that I always, I'm like, everything has to be main event. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. When you say you miss the evil queen, that's when I feel like I shine. I felt like, I have built this character that I don't need friends. You see Charlotte thinking she's above everyone. I feel like that's the disconnect. That's actually very eloquently explained, and it does make a lot of sense. I guess I I wasn't able to put it in perspective, but I think 
You're absolutely right. You're you're so used to seeing Charlotte on this platform, this hierarchy of things, and then to to see her just. I guess, I guess, yeah, it feels less than. And again, I don't mean that as as a negative. No, or- no, I don't. I, I, you know what? I don't think I never took it as a negative because, like, I feel that way. And I have to go, wait, 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 calm down. You've done this, this, and this. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, wait, am I falling off? <laughs> like, have they forgotten about me? Like, I just spent my last three title reigns, you know, people saying, oh, Charlotte gets handed everything. When in reality, right. the title reigns were not for bigger pictures. Like that—that's really the frustration. Like that's—that gets to me. Well, no, now you've spoken on, on behalf of yourself. Now, let me ask you this: just from an outsider's perspective, you obviously spend a lot more time with the entire women's division and your your locker room, particularly on Raw. Is there any sort of feeling beyond what we've discussed as far as the, the women not necessarily taking a back seat, but it just feels to me maybe it's the same circumstance. The last year or so, the women's evolution, headlining WrestleMania, everything felt so focal to the women's division. It just feels off that, that it's not quite the focus that it was at this particular moment. And it might be a, a transition or a just, you know, for the time being, but does it feel like that at all, you know, beyond well, your... I, I think it was a focal because everything was happening so organic. Like, when Becky turned on me at SummerSlam when I won the title, mm-hmm. like, that was such an organic moment. Becky and Bailey and Shayna closed out Survivor Series. But it's just not being talked about. I have not watched the match. I have to be honest. But people talked about Sasha and Becky after Hell in a Cell. Right. So I don't know. It's just it's just depending on what is clicking with the audience. Do you know what I mean? It's I don't know. Clicking. It's just you're just yeah, I gotta look for that next big story. That's what that's what we're here to do is tell stories. And it's just there has to be an organic story for us to sink our teeth into. So it's not that the women aren't getting the opportunity or the creative or time. It's just, it's our job and their job to work together to find that next story. Well, that makes total sense. I mean, the blame doesn't necessarily fall on anyone's shoulders. And again, I can say it's never been a, a question of talent or passion or desire. I, I'm, I'm just looking at this as an observer trying like from a fan's perspective, just going, man, this, the, the women's division has been on fire for a year, and maybe it's just a natural evolution of things, pardon the pun, that things can't always be the focal point. But um, I feel like the momentum is sort of slowed down. Yeah, and I guess what I was saying is it's just it's because, you know, the show is all year long. It's just going to go. It's going to be a roller coaster. Sure, there's ebbs and flows with everything. There's I, ebbs I, and flows, and it's that's what I think part of the issue is. That makes total sense. Completely, completely understood. Uh, with that said, feeling like the maybe maybe the women's division needs a bit of a spark. Does that excite you heading into TLC, knowing that you you and Becky have the opportunity to create something special with the Kabuki Warriors? Looking at the year I've had, and now going in for the tag titles, it's like there's such an interesting dynamic to this. Knowing the magic that I have with with Oscar and Becky, and then adding Kyrie to the mix. I just walk into the pay-per-view going, I just want to steal the show. These are the times that I just want to excel and make some kind of history. Like if I do have the tag, if I do win the tag titles. You, you'll be the, the second ever Grand Slam women's champion yeah, in WWE. It's just another opportunity, I guess, to see where I can go. 
Well, I have no doubt you guys will certainly raise the bar as you often do <laughs> week after week, Thanks, month Grace. after month. No doubt about it. Enough business. What's going on in the life of Charlotte Flair that might be fun and exciting outside the walls of WWE? Well, for Christmas, I'm going to Mexico. And Andrade and I have our New Year's plans. But other than that, it really hasn't been that exciting. I feel like the fall has been a lot of tours. So being able to travel uh, to South America, to Europe, to... Where else we go? Australia to China. It's just been great, um, especially because I've been on the main roster a few years now. Oh, and I did media in India for three days. Like that was probably my best experience I've had. Like it was just wow. People know me around the world. It's crazy. <laughs> it blows your mind when you realize how big the WWE machine really is. Yes. Now I want to ask you about. I, I follow you guys on social media, obviously. I've seen you doing some uh, some training, some in-ring training with Andrade and, and some of his uh, friends. What's that been like, and, and has it helped you with your game in the ring? Oh, my gosh, 100%. Um, he made me, like, super nervous when he critiqued me, but the one thing that he continues to work with me on is take your time in those moments and be Charlotte Flair. And it's crazy because he comes from a lucha background and – it's so many moves and he just, it's like reminding me who I am and bringing out another, you know, level of confidence. That was something before each big match, he was just like, I was hitting these gear changes and bringing out this intensity that he was talking about with me. And that's just stuck with me. Like we don't say like, Oh, let's go to the PC and work on 3000 suplexes or new moves. It's, it's the in between parts and moments and taking my time that I continue to work on with him, which is crazy. Well, there's no doubt he's uh, an exceptionally qualified teacher. Give him my best, give him my compliments from his match from uh, Raw the other night with Umberto Carrillo, man. I could have watched them go another hour. It was absolutely awesome. Oh, me too. I'm his biggest fan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know free time is at a premium for the Queen. Charlotte, thank you for calling. Uh, Anytime you need a platform or you need someone to remind you who the hell you are, I'm here. (laughs) After the bell is here. (laughs) You have a standing invite. And uh, good luck this Sunday. I will see you at TLC. And I expect you to raise the damn bar, as you often do. And anything less, I'm going to tell you how disappointed I am. You better. I'll hold you to that. All right. Thanks, Charlotte. Thanks, Graves. Wrestling News World was ablaze this week with the first inductees of the 2020 WWE Hall of Fame class. The first being the Animal Batista. I'm into it. You're not going to get an argument from me. I still maintain that Batista versus Undertaker from WrestleMania 23 for the World Championship in Detroit is one of the most underrated matches in WrestleMania history. I was actually there as a fan watching, and I was blown away by those two. I don't think it gets nearly enough love. If you don't believe me, jump on WWE Network and check it out. And then if you disagree, you can send me a tweet and tell me I'm wrong. The other big inductees that were announced, the NWO, the New World Order. Again, no argument, no complaints with this one. One of the biggest stories ever in WWE, I'm sorry, in sports entertainment history. Back when the NWO launched in WCW, really put the boots to WWE for quite some time. Hogan, Hall, Nash, and X-Pac. Now, X-Pac, I believe it was six Pac or six at the time in uh, the NWO days. 
I have no complaints. I, I know Sean fairly well, get along very well with him. think he's a great guy, very, very deserving talent. Um, but if it's up to me, which it's not, few things actually ever are, I would put a different fourth in. I'm okay with a three. Hogan, Hall, and Nash, to me, that's the essential. That's all that there needs to be because at the end of the day, there were like 240 members of the New World Order. But the one guy that I don't think is getting his due in this that, again, if it were up to me, would go in with the NWO, Eric Bischoff. It was Bischoff's brainchild. I think if there ever were a reason for him to make it to the WWE Hall of Fame, that would be it. Again, current business dealings aside, I don't know anything about any of that. I just know that if uh, you're going to put a fourth in, why not make it easy E? Just a thought. I'm curious to find out who else is getting inducted. Uh, I, for one, I'm going to use my platform to make to make a demand. Or maybe not a demand, but a request. Since WWE Hall of Fame has kind of encompassed all aspects of sports entertainment, you've got guys that have never even been in WWE that are in the Hall of Fame. Here's a name I'd like to throw out for you. The Great Muda. My personal favorite, maybe my favorite of all time, I would love to see The Great Muda in the WWE Hall of Fame. Watch any of his classic matches from WCW, from NWA. There's a series of matches with Ric Flair that are unbelievable. I mean, truly great matches. He's the first guy I ever saw do a moonsault, which, I mean, that blew my mind as a kid. And I think Muda does not get his just due in the pantheon of all-time greats. Maybe we break that WWE rule again and bring the great Muda into the fold. We shall see. Chances are everyone will just ignore what I'm saying, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. And unfortunately, as far as risks go, I am done taking them for the day because I am out of coffee, I am out of gas, I am out of energy. So don't forget... Coming up in just a couple weeks, I'm going to be opening the mailbag, answering the WWE Universe questions. Go ahead. Ask me whatever you want. Just use the hashtag AskATB. I know you all wait with bated breath for my moment of zen here at the end of the show. The Buddha teaches nothing is permanent. Everything is subject to change. Being is always becoming. There's a little zen for you. I am full of it. One more time, thank you to my guests, Charlotte Flair, Paige, and the Street Profits. Don't forget to follow at AfterTheBellWWE on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Join the conversation. Use the hashtag AfterTheBell. If you're using an Android, follow ATB on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever app you choose to listen to your podcasts on. Subscribe to ATB. Throw me five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, I really need it. I want people to know that it's better than New Day's show, even if that's a complete lie. And follow me at WWE Graves. I'm always full of some sort of nonsense to either entertain you or piss you off. I'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and a whole lot more WWE after the bell. This has been an original WWE podcast. If you've never been to the Maryland Renaissance Festival, 
you don't know what you're missing. There's so much to see and do. It's like a 16th century theme park with shops and pubs, food and games, live jousting, crafts and music, 10 stages with nonstop entertainment. Fun for the whole family. Saturdays, Sundays, and Labor Day Monday through October 24th. For tickets, visit MarylandRenaissanceFestival.com. Save big on admission through September 12th. Near Annapolis, the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Time travel to fun.